Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. I have a ghost story for you. So this one happened, oh, about... 10, 15 years ago, we used to live in a house that was about 100 years old. And from the beginning, a lot of odd things happened and we realized very quickly we weren't the only ones living in the house. There were definitely ghosts. This part of the story happened with our dining room table. Every time you walked past the dining room, out of the corner of your eye, you could see a child sitting at the table. Well, when you turn around and go back, there'd be nobody there. Now, the funny thing was, the child that I would see each time looked strikingly like my daughter. She had pigtails, she wore a striped shirt, and she'd just sit there coloring away. Well, one day, a friend of mine came over to my house, and instead of greeting her at the door, I waited in my living room and let her walk through the house. She was a close friend, so it was normal. As she walked into the living room, she had a very strange look on her face, and she said to me, I thought you said your kids were in bed. And I said, they are. She said, no, that's... Wait a minute. So she went back and looked at the table and came back into the living room looking at me quite shocked, a little bit pale, and said, there was nobody there, was there? And I said, no, there wasn't. That's because it it was a ghost that you saw. And she just looked at me just in disbelief, couldn't believe it. And I told her that we'd all seen it at one time or another. Walking through, it's always out of the corner of your eye. And when you turn back, there's nobody there. The funny thing is, when we moved the table later, the apparition never happened again. It was only in that room. This same house, when we first moved in, my twins were two and a half years old and my oldest was just five. After the first night, they started to come to us crying, saying they were very scared because the people in their bedroom were keeping them up at night and they were very, very frightened. We got them to describe the people and they explained that they were in rather dated clothing and but they kept coming into the room at night and it made them feel very frightened. So we knew that we had a ghost problem in the house. So we consulted someone 
who gave us the advice to tell our children that we're going to ask the ghosts if they could not go in their bedroom, if they could go downstairs and acknowledge that it's their home. So that's exactly what we did with the kids. We went into the room and we had told the ghosts that they're scaring the children and we asked them kindly to please go downstairs and not to stay upstairs at night because the kids were scared. And sure enough, it worked. The kids didn't talk about ghosts being in the rooms anymore, and they weren't scared of the ghosts. And we kind of learned to cohabitate over time. Now, mind you, I've never had a problem with any ghosts in any other place I've lived before or after this house, just this house, this experience. We went on a family vacation, and a friend of mine was uh, coming to feed our cats while we were gone and take care of the house. This is when she first experienced the shoe pile. One of the ghosts liked to separate our shoes into two separate piles. Each shoe would go to be by itself, so its mate would be in the other pile. At first, I thought this was my kids. My kids were of that age where that wouldn't be unusual to do. But when I was gone, my friend was able to confirm that indeed, the phenomenon continued when nobody was home. She would go in to check on the house. At first, she thought I left it that way. But I didn't. So then she rearranged the shoes, put them in a straight row. Um, She came back the next day and sure enough, they were separated into two separate piles once again, each pile having only one shoe out of the pair, one pile in my living room, one pile sitting by my door. And every day she rearranged them. Every day she'd come back. It was the same way. Nobody had a key to our house. Nobody was staying there. Sometimes when she would come into the yard, She could swear she saw somebody looking at her in the window at a glance, but then when she looked back properly, there was nobody there. She had went through the house from top to bottom to ensure she really was the only one with the cats in the house, and indeed she was. Things like this weren't unusual for this house. It was over 100 years old. It had once been a boarding house. Since that time, this house now has been torn down for development, so it's no longer in the town. But during the time that we lived there, we always had experiences with these ghosts. Nobody was ever menaced, so to speak. We just learned to cohabitate. We figured they were there first. So that's my uh, my ghostly house. And, um, and since then, I, I live ghost-free in any other house I've been in. Hello, and welcome back to Three Witches and a Druid, where we started three years ago. Yeah. Sitting around Zoom, talking about our lives as modern pagans. And here we are, the first episode of season four already. Wow. Isn't that something? I'm Margo. And I'm Maeve. Gwen. And I'm Brian. So tonight, we're going to talk about The Veil, being that this episode comes out just before Samhain. But I think we'll start off with just a bit of like a reflection of what we're doing, entering into season four. How do we feel things are going? What are we liking? What are we not liking? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What do, you, what do you guys think of what we've accomplished so far? Because this started off as like a COVID project. Yeah. We just all had COVID again. Cause <laughs> <laughs> anniversary season, you anniversary know. Anniversary <laughs> season. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm out of bed. It's a, you know, I'm up and moving. It's awesome. That's a plus. Early on, one of the comments was that our sound quality was meh. I think we've improved. I think I've figured it out. <laughs> We're still recording in living rooms, but we do have four dedicated microphones. Yeah. So that's nice. We are 
number 33 on Good Pod's top 100 lifestyle podcasts. No, we're 20, it's either 26 or 29. Oh, has it changed? No, no, it always was that. Oh, okay. I'm confused. No, That's we really are. Good. And we are the only pagan show in the whole top 100. That is correct. We are. And yeah, is, lifestyle is strange because then it's not religion and spirituality. No. I thought it was a weird movement for yeah. us, but okay. Yeah, and we're also number six in top pagan podcasts on Feedspot. None of this means anything, but it's a nice little pat in the back, of course. Yeah. I find it's the just whole fake thing internet shock. points. I just find this absolutely shocking. I yeah. find it all shocking. Yeah. It's lovely. I'm just so grateful to be included and I've enjoyed every minute. <laughs> and our, our equipment allows us to sort of travel around and move about. So we've been able to record at festivals, which we will continue to do, of course. And uh, hopefully we'll get to go do some more interviewee type stuff in the future. So, yeah, if you ever have an opportunity to like give stars, leave a review, whatever. That always helps us because it sort of means that we know what we're talking about a little. So when we invite guests on, they're like, oh, those guys know what they're doing. We don't. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> uh, but it gives them the impression that we know what we're doing. And Smoke that's and what matters. Fake it till you make it. I'm, oh, I'm a total I'm so good at bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Great. You, well, that's one of the best skills I learned in art school. Oh, yes. Is how to bullshit. Yeah. You have to defend your work you would be amazed at some of the stuff that comes out of your mouth. One of the best pieces of advice I ever received was from Dave Thompson at NSCC Photography because I had just gone to NSCC to look at the photo program there. And then I went to go speak to Dave at NSCC about the photo program there. It was significantly cheaper. And Dave said, look, NSCC, they're going to teach you to put a banana on a garbage can and call it art. If you come here, I'll teach you to put a banana on a garbage can, call it art, and then sell it. (laughs) <laughs> it's like that's what I need. I need to be able to sell my sell. bullshit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And well, you know, I still don't do any of that. <laughs> well, you know, I said to someone today, I think it's Essence is having on the November first. They're having their online Samhain ritual, and I was just helping a yep. friend out with that. And I don't know because I've done a lot of reds, but I said, you know what? To her, I said, do you know what? I'm an Aquarian. Do you know what the other side of the Aquarian coin is? Because everyone has, every sign has two sides of the same coin. Leo. <laughs> Doesn't that just explain everything? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Margo and I are like, and? Yeah. <laughs> what? So when you're talking about bullshit, it's like, man, let's just, then just turn it on and I'm going. Yeah. It's, it's like a fish to water. It's terrible. So on that note, actually, we have so much going on in the next little bit. Of course, none of this applies to most of you listeners because you don't live in our neighborhood. We've got the Witch's Market coming up on Saturday. We have the Witch's Ball coming up on Saturday. This episode, of course, will come out after all these things, but it's fun to brag about them nonetheless. Yes, Witch's Ball sold out. Yeah, sold out right right some quick. I didn't even... <laughs> when, when all the tickets went on sale, I was just sick and didn't think about it. So, oh, you know, maybe... Do you have leave. a ticket? No! Do you want to go? I have an extra ticket. I, I don't know if if it's this Saturday, if I will feel well enough, I've only no. been out of bed for well, two, if you like feel three good days. Saturday, I have an extra ticket. I might because okay. I'm only out of bed three days. I don't know. And then we have the public Samhain ritual in the Commons. Was that year number twenty-seven? Mm, at least it's a long yeah. time. Who's doing that? So Essence is doing it. Oh, I don't know who is actually performing the ritual, but basically the role is Pans pays for the event, Essence does it, and then we all pat each other on the back. It's great. 
It's great. It's support community. It is. It is. I'd love love to be able to do it, but HowCon is that weekend. And yeah, it's just just too much going on in October for me. Yeah. And shout out to Donnie Adams, who did it forever and ever and ever. Back when the cops used to have to come because people were freaking out because there was witches on the commons pushing 30 years ago. He's been doing it. He did it forever and ever. I think he measured that he did it 25 years in a row. Yeah. 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 He did a lot. He did a lot. I'll give him that. Like right on to him. He he did so much. So how is everyone else feeling? Maeve, of course, is sitting up. So she's live. I'm sitting up. I'm grateful to be here. And I just love doing this podcast business. I enjoy it very much. And I'm so grateful to be included. Gwen's always afraid. She always tells me, like, I'm afraid I talk too much. But yet she doesn't talk enough. How are you feeling, (laughs) Gwen? What are you feeling going into season four? Yeah, feeling grateful for this happy coincidence that um, everything kind of came together for us at a time when four really busy people that are really invested in different areas in the community and everything said, yeah, we should do this. And it's it's been a lot of fun and I've learned stuff. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, I just think the camaraderie is amazing. Yeah. That we're all so able to support each other for the podcast, but other aspects of our lives as well. Yeah. And now Brian's even moved into the neighborhood. So yes. No getting yes. away. Living on the same, you're living on the loop now. No, hold up, hold up. I live in Spryfield Plus. <laughs> You'd be shocked that people in Herring Cove all of a sudden think that it's a whole different world once you hit Spryfield. No, every single person we've talked to is like, we don't live in Spryfield. No, <laughs> no. You live, you live now in the Herring Cove loop, yeah. not the whole Sambro loop. Yeah. You live in the Herring Cove loop, which includes Spryfield, yeah, Herring Cove. They're all super Thursday's nice, Cove. but yeah, there's definitely a bit of a snobbery. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. No. There, there's been we a We don't see it with those people down the road. I, we all take Purcell's Cove Road in. I, yes. <laughs> so we don't have I to take, drive by the plebs. I take great pride now and have for the last 13 years living in Spryfield. And I still remember one of your kids when they were away on Kutimovic. Yes, yes. And someone... Half a country away. Yeah. Someone asked him where he lived. And when he said he lived in Spryfield, everybody just kind of went <gasps> quiet and backed away. <laughs> well, I have the best quick little story about that. So my kid, when she went to junior high, she went out to right across, just up the road from where Brian is, to Herring Cove Junior High, because she went to late enrollment French immersion. And when she got there, she's in like grade seven, and she was the only one from her school that year that went. So off she goes. And of course, there was girls up in grade eight kind of deal. They were looking, oh, who's that? And they were going to be kind of pushy because she was this new kid. And... (laughs) my kid and she was not afraid she rolled up to them and she said I'm a central kid you really want to mess with a girl from Spryfield and they backed off and never came near her <laughs> which was bullshit yeah. but still yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> and that was the elementary school central Spryfield and she says I'm a central kid you really want to mess with a girl from Spryfield and they backed straight off and never bothered her well it's funny since we're moving to the area we've gone to a farmer's market we went to a car show we went to a craft we didn't do any of that that shit and fucking rocking here. <laughs> There's a wonderful urban farm. Yes, uh, we're going to that this weekend. Yeah. Actually, there's some wonderful Halloween thing. Oh, going they on. always come, have stuff. Yeah. And yeah. come Christmas, they have the tree lighting party at the Wave at the Spry Center. Oh, okay. oh no, Spryfield's got all kinds of wonderful yeah, little yeah. things Karen, going Karen on. Karen is like in all the Facebook groups. She's like, <laughs> we're going to this, we're going to that. <laughs> yeah, but none of, nothing happened in fucking Rockingham. 
There Everyone was just Richie Rich and just sat in their Richie Rich houses with their BMWs and looked at each other, and that was it. Nothing yeah, happened. Yeah, looked blue down co- their noses at each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. I guess it's the blue collar land that the funds had. Well, it's well, funny actually because I think Birdland Rack, which is a Facebook group for the area next to Rockingham. Yes, yes. Which yes. is called Birdland. I, I all know. The, all the streets are named after birds. I, oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But everybody in Rockingham was like, well, that's the poor area of Rockingham. <laughs> that's like across the railroad. That's the old and That's the old. Version. And it's funny because there's certain areas walk into it. It's like, how the fuck did I get into like a Newfoundland fishing village where houses are on top of each other? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's it's to them, they always look down on it. But that's where all the stuff was happening. It, it's really nutty because Spryfield is like a proper town. Yeah. You have a complete slice of society here. Yes, you From do. the former premier to your sup- retired Supreme Court judges to one of the best drug areas in town. <laughs> you got everything, man. Non-prescription drugs she's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember years back them saying, well, you know what? In Spryfield, in this one area of Spryfield, they actually had their doors armored so the cops couldn't pound the doors in to But that's it. You know, there's certain areas for everything. That was when Greystone used to be Carson City. Right. So it's funny, when I first moved to Halifax and I got involved in the pagan community, everyone said it was Spry. Spryfield was the pagan community because all the pagans lived out here. Because it's cheap. Yeah. Well, yeah. And pagans typically don't have a lot of money. Yeah. So, yeah. Because they spend it on pagan gear. Yeah. Yeah. Like rocks. (laughs) We literally are are a group of people that pay money for rocks. (laughs) If you talk to anyone who's successful, they're like, you know what's the first thing I do? Don't buy rocks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and don't not that we're unsuccessful we all live we all live perfectly oh yes yes, yes. but in, none of us none of us are, cl- we're not rich we're yeah, all none I'm, of us have yachts i'm perfectly middle class in my middle class neighborhood with, exactly you know, and all of that but no it's broadfield's great place yeah i love it out here so on to tonight's actual topic, <laughs> the veil. So we're approaching Selwyn. As we approach Selwyn, the veil thins. So the question is, what is the veil? And why is it thinning? And what does it have to do with us? Do any of you care to explain? So, this is a dead silence. This this is, is yeah, this is the dead well, silence because it's huge, right? It's a really it, big question. It's a big question. You sound like you want to go. Well, but you look like you were talking <laughs> first. <laughs> Uh, Well, I would say that we use a word like the veil and we all have a personal relationship with it. And coming from a Celtic kind of background for my practice, and I know that the rest of the people here have been at least, even if it's not their vision of the veil, uh, have been in rituals where we've used this metaphor, but like a mist, right? Yes. Like a mist. A fog. A fog. It gets dense. It can be thinner. You can see through it or you can't see anything. It's three-dimensional. You can feel it. You can not just see it, but you can feel it. But then other people use, like, have an idea of like a curtain between us and the other world. And it's something that I think most people think of as a barrier between us and something else. Usually that other world in which the dead reside, as opposed Mm -hmm. to just all the many other worlds that seem Mm -hmm. to be out Mm -hmm. there. 
Right. Mm-hmm. So a big, you mentioned a curtain. When I've heard of the curtain reference, I often hear it's referred to as like a theater curtain where it has different mm. layers, like the big, thick front curtain and then a screen and then back curtain. So there's layers to it. And I've always, that's kind of how I've envisioned yeah, it. Yeah, that's better for me. Yeah. yeah. Now I see it differently. I see it as you've obviously seen sort of smoky glass. Yeah. Mm. Like not a physical, but that's, not quite a mist, but more like a smoky glass, and it'll clear up, and you can walk through, or you can see the other side. Nice. That's how I see it, more of us. It sounds like a mist, but not, because to me, a mist, I guess we live here on the coast, it's the fog, and it can go very deep. To me, it's not deep. Oh. It's just it fogs over. Surface level. You know, it's like smokes over, oh, and then yeah. it'll clear. Mine is three-dimensional, I think, because no. sometimes for me, it's harder to get through, and sometimes it seems to be you just slide it, right? Yeah. And to me, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, every, I, so everybody sees it a wee bit differently. Now, I did read quite a few years back, and I, I can't absolutely attest to this. It would be interesting to look up that more deaths take place around October 31st than any other time of year. Mm. It would make sense because especially maybe it's more deaths of the elderly or the sick. I mean, because, you know, there's plenty of accidental deaths and things like that. But at that time, the crossover is so easy and is so gentle. There's no fighting to get through. There's no getting lost. It just opens. And I wonder how much of that might be their loved ones on the other side of the veil. Can come to them. Can come retrieve them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Crossover as well, possibly. Mm -hmm. That could be because a lot of times, and I personally am not afraid of death whatsoever, but many people don't want to die. Yeah. I have heard more people say they're frightened to die or frightened of what might happen or whatever, scared to die, than people say, far more people say they're scared to, of death okay. than people who say they're not. Oh, of course. So yes. according mm-hmm. to our good old friend Google. A lot of people die at Christmas too. So, yeah, so <laughs> actually, well, what I was going to say, the day that actually has the most deaths is oddly enough January 1st and second is October 31st and third is Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Now, it's a lot of times people, if they're ill, they'll just want to get through that last Christmas yeah. with their family. Yeah. And then off they go. Yeah. I guess what kind of what we're saying is there's no right or wrong answer. Everybody views the veil differently. Mm-hmm. I, I think the common theme is some sort that's of, the afterlife or yeah. the other side. And this is there's some sort of gateway, side. doorway, yeah. barrier between mm-hmm. our plane and their plane. And in our belief system is that around Samhain, that doorway, curtain, fog, whatever, thins in such a way that we can communicate between the two realms easier than on your typical Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So, Marga, how do you view the veil? I, sort of the mist type analogy Mm -hmm. works for me as well. I haven't done personally a lot of work around the veil. I think because I'm still, you know, 50 years later, pretty raw (laughs) of the trauma that sent my loved ones across to the veil. But I can't remember if it was last year or the year, maybe it was last year, went to, and I know I'm going to pronounce it wrong, and Yoho's, the taco, Mexican taco place. They They did, around Halloween, they did like a Deus de la Mortis kind of celebration. Their Deus of the Dead, yeah. 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 And their signature cocktail had 
marshmallow fluff in it. Ooh. Ooh. Which I do not like, but... My sister, who was allergic to chocolate, so couldn't have chocolate syrup on her ice cream, always had marshmallow fluff. Right. So I had this lovely cocktail with the marshmallow fluff in it and, you know, was telling the waitress the story. I'm sure she could have cared less, (laughs) but it was just a really nice remembrance Mm -hmm. of her and celebrating her, acknowledging her on the other side. Yeah. That's neat. So, what was the what was the alcohol? Well, the I, most of the drinks are with tequila there. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Wow, that sounds very interesting. Yeah. We talk about the veil, like what it we view it as, but what do we are we staunch believers that it becomes thinner oh, yes. on Samhain, or yes. as Gwen had mentioned before we began recording the more traditional Samhain of is it November seventh? Well, it's it's an astrological time, so it's different from year to year. But it yeah. usually is after October thirty first, and it's when Scorpio is fifteen degrees of the horizon, I believe. Yes. Right, sixth or seventh of November. Yes, yeah. it is. So it kind of shifts from year to year, but. I think of it more like a seat, like we always say, we're saying spooky season because we just enjoy this time of year. But I do think, you know, that even though there's an astro, a precise astrological date, possibly if you're following that tradition, it's a time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a time and it's not a specific moment. To me, it's when pumpkin spice lattes get come out. And that's when it begins to thin. And then when the pumpkin spice lattes go away, it begins to close up. It begins to close up. It begins to close up. Oh, that's what I missed that. Have being in bed with COVID for two weeks. All I had all the, I was making pumpkin gingerbread. I was making pumpkin cookies. None of these things have happened. I've oh, not I'm had so enough sorry. pumpkin I think I, I think I've had a pumpkin spice latte every day for the last month. I am I am the queen of basic bitches. And now that we have a Starbucks. Yes. Yes. Mind you, Tim Hortons always had a really good pumpkin spice no, tea. No, I can't do it. Well, no, what I do is I make the tea, I put in the milk, and I add some maple syrup. Oh. Really Karen actually delicious. made a really good uh, pumpkin spice, like, latte at home like a mix and it's it's pretty good it also is not eight dollars per is that yes. fucking cup. You, i have a bottle of the pumpkin pie syrup i just heat the milk and it's yeah, good. <laughs> so do we want to touch upon what we believe is on the other side of the veil i have on occasion been called out for being for copping out maybe because when i've had this discussion with people in the past I've always said it is irrelevant what I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely irrelevant because whatever's there is what's going to be there. Yeah. And I will worry about it when I get there. But I'm not spending brain power trying to figure out what that might be. I mean, my brain's busy enough just, you know. That's fair. Making my lungs go in and out. So at some point, at some point, I'll loan you some of my middle class white man uh, confidence. Because uh, I, you, I you have, have a strong belief. Yes. A strong belief. Yes. yes. Also, you know, the whole idea of reincarnation. Like, I'm not entirely certain what I feel about reincarnation. Yet, I have past life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, memory. So, you know... I'm just a 
flake, I guess. Not I, a flake. I, you just, no. You're just not sure. I'm just, I just don't need to make any decisions no, about that fine. now. I'm a strong believer in the concept of like the Summerlands. If if you ever seen the pic, uh, Pixar movie Soul, I, I couldn't watch yes. it. It like in the first ten minutes, I'm like, okay. This is just way too traumatic for me. Oh yeah, no, no, that's that's a hundred percent like my pig and death yeah. belief in a hundred percent way. But make it a little bit more fluffy and more flowers. Soul, and grass. soul, it's very good. But the idea is that you, as a person, when you pass on, you pass through the veil and you go to like a waiting room. Don't think like Beetlejuice waiting room. I was room. just get out of my head. <laughs> Not Beetlejuice waiting room, but like the Summerland, be it a mead hall, be it a meadow, be it a woods, whatever. And you can choose to either wait for other people to join you in the Summerland or you can return to the earth or return to the world. It's actually really funny because I saw a joke the other day. It was a, it was a comic and it was about like reincarnation and the guys gets up to like the heavenly bodies like oh yeah there's reincarnation here unfortunately your punishment is you're being reincarnated back on earth (laughs) but anyway yeah so when you get to the summerland you could choose to either go back and experience more what you need to experience or you can wait for whoever you're waiting for so i'm a strong believer that my that in this particular case of examples, my parents, they are waiting for probably not even me and my sister, just for Atticus at some <laughs> when it's his time, he'll go through and he'll meet his grandparents. They don't care about me and Melissa. Once you once you have a baby, yeah, you're yeah. you're yeah, not we're, relevant. We're irrelevant now. <laughs> uh, but like that's my belief. I believe that our souls, our beings, our consciousness, its job, its goal in existence is to experience as much as possible and that may be multiple rotations through our world and what that sort of concept of nirvana is when you get to when you've experienced everything that you've meant been meant to experience mm-hmm. now unfortunately the double-edged sword to this is that you're meant to experience everything so that with the good comes the bad so you have to go and experience the bad sides of life. You have to go be a bank robber. You have to go be a thief. You have to be go be a not good person so that your soul can grow and have these experiences. That's my belief of what's on the other side of the veil. I think there's several things over there. I think there's now I'm a big believer of the Summerland, certainly. But I also know that, you know, Dawn's going to be waiting and uh, we're going to Egypt for a while. We think we're going to go around 2000 BC, 1500 and it's heyday. We're going to go visit for a while. I think sometimes people sit right, right straddling the straddling the curtain because maybe they're not ready to move on. That's where you sometimes get your spirits or your ghosts yeah. for people who something has been left behind and they cannot seem to get all the way over. I also, I think the god and or goddess or creator, whoever it may be, you may meet them and they might say, you didn't do this right. And that was not what you had. That's not what we had planned. So you're going back. I think they take a bit more of a hand in it. Now, there is a theory that caused me to have a horrible, horrible emotional experience the first time I really came across it, like, okay, I'm going to go smother my kid and jump off the bridge. Horrible experience was that this life, when you're saying about the curtains, you know, on a stage that you signed up for everything. 
if you've been molested or killed or tortured and sold or all the horrible things that your soul says, yeah, I want to do that. That caused me to have a terrible crisis. I really, and yes, this is me being egotistical, that uh, how dare my soul use my life for, you know, fun kind of idea. So that was, that's a whole, that's a whole nother program. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't like that. That caused me to have a terrible crisis. But no, I think that what you think is going to happen probably will. I got plans, man. I got to go to Egypt. And Monica and I got to go to Lewisburg because we know we didn't get there. And then we're all going to have a gigantic one last festival when we all get there. And then we're going to go along to our next lives or this or that or whatever the case might be. I think there's endless. The possibilities are rather endless once you get there. Yeah. And the Summerlands will manifest in whatever different way for each person. Oh, and I also plan to spend 100 years at least in a house with tons of pets and the house is never going to get dirty and no one's going to shed and I am not going to have to scoop one litter box or pick up any dog poop of That any is your 1,000 virgins when you go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I just want a house with pets and don't have to pick up cats. Uh, really? I want to have all kinds of pets and maybe some farm animals and let me tell you I am not picking up one piece of fur I'm not sweeping nothing and no one is going to poop or pee and everything will be immaculate at all times. <laughs> I'm going to do that for 100 years too. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> 1,000 virgins. What would you do with that? Oh <laughs> Disappoint 1,000 virgins. <laughs> Could you imagine trying to train up a 1,000 young men? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. And what about you, Gwen? What do you think is on the other side? I like the idea of the Summerland, and I want to go to Maeve's Festival, and I might stop by for tea at the cottage. And if I could choose a, pl- a place and a time to visit, I think I'm going to the library at Alexandria for a while, oh, like well, many, many, many years. Well, You're going to be I'm there. I'm going to be there. You'll I'll be there. Stop we'll by we'll that arrange to be there at the same time. Don and I'll come by for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that where they be- invented. Sh- <laughs> that would be wonderful. I what's her name? Hypatia. Hypatia. You want to meet Hypatia? Wouldn't that be amazing? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I could feel. I could feel somewhat insignificant in multiple eras. <laughs> you know. Oh God, because you know you always have to take the m- most accomplished person in your world and then compare yourself against them and then go, oh, what the crap have I done with my life, right? (laughs) So I'd be comparing myself against Hypatia. But I think, yeah, I, I like all of those ideas. I believe that even though we are an integrated being while we are here and, and, you know, people talk about a body mind or body spirit dichotomy sort of thing. I don't believe that. I think we're we're one thing. You know, you can't pull out. We're 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 physical and spiritual and conscious. But I think upon the point of death, when the when the body dies, yeah, there is something else. I do believe that that energy is transmuted into something um, that doesn't need a physical body. What that looks like, how that manifests, I don't know. When I was studying photography in Winnipeg, I wanted to go into 
either medical photography or... And I got to spend a week at the Health Science Centre in their photography department as, as sort of like job shadowing, job training. And I did actually get... I didn't get to photograph it, but I did get to go watch a couple of autopsies. And when you see a body on the table whose life essence has left, it is a completely different vessel. Yes. Yeah. When when the life essence is not there anymore, it's not just somebody lying there with their eyes closed. Like no. There it is. There's no mistaking that no that body for being a person. Yes. Yes. If they're no longer a person. That is very true. It's almost like they are a wax mannequin. Mm-hmm. Like they are a, a container, a vessel that is now empty. And it does really, it clearly shows that our soul and our consciousness is who we are. Mm. And without that, we are not that person mm-hmm. that thing um again in my wishy-washiness and not sure what i believe i frequently think about my father looking down on me as well and being proud of what i've accomplished even if i'm not certain of what i've accomplished seeing that perhaps my life did not turn out the way that was expected yes but i have certainly done things with my life and lived my life in a way to figure out who I really am and not spent my well I did spend a significant amount of my life trying to please other people and when I realized how unhappy that was making me really embraced living my life for me and figuring out who I was and how I fit into the world and into my community as well. Mm -hmm. And um, so I do sometimes think about what, wonder what he thinks and what his thoughts are. And yeah. And one day you'll get to find out. I suppose, yes. One day I will get to ask him. I know, Maeve, you are quite comfortable using a medium to speak to your relatives that have passed on. And certainly your nearest and dearest, your grandmother. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, Margot. I, that's nothing I've ever tried or explored. Yeah. Because um, it almost seems to me, Maeve kind of came into it naturally. It's something that happened in her life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you, you didn't go looking Did for you that. seek that out? I was always open to that. Yeah. I was always open to that. But you do use a medium. You're open to the experience. You notice that people are visiting you, loved ones I, but, visit you, but you use but, a medium to yes. To talk I can to them. tell when someone is there. It has happened, but rarely can I hear them. That's normally when I got on the phone with Cass and I go, "Cass, someone's here. Is there something I need to know?" And they will come through, or whatever the case might be. But I do, I do know that my my paternal grandfather, especially, is always with me. Yeah. is with me a lot of the time. And when my friend Monica died, I have actually heard her voice two or three times, very clearly, mm. which was very, very startling to me. 
to hear it myself. And it was separate from me. It wasn't just me thinking I could hear her talking in my head. Yeah. But no, no, I will very actively, oh, I know, because I see a light. I'll see lights. If I can't get the gist of it, I will phone up Cass and go, someone's here, and she will be able to speak to them. I was raised with that. Um, now, oh, there's no such thing as ghosts or this or that. But, oh, if your relatives are coming to see you, that's perfectly normal. <laughs> if you, it's, a, it's a strange thing. Now, my mother is like, no. She says, no, my father was here today or whatever. No, I was raised not, I was not raised with disbelief on the whole. That feels, sounds like a very Acadian type view of that. We don't believe in ghosts, but Grandpa's sitting over there. Well, we have no friend, we have no Acadian blood, but no, but my, my grandfather, my, my, uh, maternal grandfather had a terrible, terrible psychic ability. He, if he dreamt that someone died, they died. He had forerunners of death. And so I kind of knew that. So it was not something that was this, oh, don't be stupid in my family and on my father's side they're really Germanic mm-hmm. practical people but even they were like no no they they even were like no you know you know a great you know great uncle Rodney was here kind of idea or whatever so I was raised to, to be to be okay with that how about you Brian I know I know um Atticus's grandfather visited him. Yeah. Is that something you would seek out through a medium? I don't think I'd use a medium. I think we'd just let it naturally happen, which has kind of happened up to this point. Now, now that we've moved, I don't know if Grandpa's... He'll come. Oh, attached yeah, to that. He's yeah. probably attached to Atticus. No, he'll be attached yeah. to Atticus. Yeah. The kids see everything. Yeah. So we'll see in time, I guess. Um... I'm a little disappointed because I don't think our current house is haunted. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> always nice to have s- that roommate that you can charge rent to. Yeah. Because uh, part of your house is really old. Yeah. The central 18, part of your 1886. house. 1886. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's pretty unhaunted so far. Uh, we've got a lot of really nasty neighbors in the sense of raccoons and skunks and deers and bears and apparently a bobcat. It could all, you never know the well the uh that the, the Sambro Cougar could show up sometime yeah, yeah. too. So <laughs> how old is she? <laughs> no, there has been talk of a cougar out Sambro way for a very long time, even though the province says there's no cougars. Yeah. But bringing her up yet again, my friend Monica was out hiking about and she lived out near Sambro and the thing walked across the path in front of her. Yeah. And there's always oh, must be a bobcat. She says, that was not a bobcat. It was five times the size of a bobcat and had a long tail. Yeah. She has so, seen the Sambro cougar. Oh, I, 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 feel, I feel with our move we've traded ancestors in for more nature spirits. But That's only excellent. time will tell. Only time yeah. will tell. That's excellent. Good. But uh yes, I I don't think personally I would seek out a medium because we've had lots of experiences au naturel. Yeah. Uh, so we just kind of allow that to keep flowing. Uh, like like Atticus has told us, Grampy's visited him and he told him about scuba diving and he told him about this and that. And these are things we didn't tell Atticus. Yeah. And that uh, he knew about Grampy Murdoch. About like Grampy Murdoch was a scuba diver and he discovered uh, shrimp. Atticus knew this. We never told him. Yeah. Yeah. We will see as time goes on. Yeah. Now, Atticus is also entering that age where he starts to lose that. So we'll see what happens. 
I went through that with mine when they, it's not so much lose it. It's they're all kids are so open and this. And when, you know, in, you know, rain in her surroundings was always so open to all of this. But when she started talking to others and friends and this and that, and she started to be maybe mocked a little or that's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Then they, it's, it's kind of almost, it's not lose. It's they, they don't want it. They yeah. make, they, they shove it away when it happens. Nope, that's fair. So try to tell him, you know, maybe don't talk to all your buddies about it. That's a family or when you're with, you know, the pagans, yeah, yeah, you yeah. talk about it. Maybe he'll well, be able that, to keep it long. It's a funny thing you say that because the peg, those pe- the pagan kids, all believe in fairies. They all believe in ghosts. They all believe in the answer. Like that's no ifs, ands, or buts. Wait till they start talking about Bloody Mary, and he comes home crying because oh. he's been made to believe in the spirit world. Everybody thinks it's a grand joke to spook people out, and your kid won't sleep because she's terrified of Bloody Mary. You, you've <laughs> met my kid, right? You've seen what his stuffy is. That will be the highlight of his life. Oh. Like, oh, the Candyman's coming. No, no, it's not a good thing. <laughs> that creepy. Little the huggy wuggy, huggy wuggy. Oh yep. my god, the that thing terrifies of me. Yeah, siren head, me. huggy wuggy. Uh, can't he's into all that? Shit. What is that strange looking little treasure chesty thing you have that the creeps mimic. me out? Yeah, the mimic. He's, he's assumed that he wants. So I just made him a door for his bedroom. He wants me to make the inside of the door a mimic. So I might end up having to paint a big face on it. <laughs> well, I'm never going in there. Yeah. If you ask me to babysit, he'll be putting himself to bed. I'm not going in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, someday I'll have to take a photo of Huggy Wuggy this, and post it for people who don't know. But this is his favorite stuffy. And he's not allowed to bring it to school. And he's not allowed to bring it to certain friends' houses because those friends have been like fucking creeps me out but that's that's his stuff that's his thing he's like that goth little kid you see in cartoons that drags along like the dead doll (laughs) yeah yeah well thank you very much for listening and I hope you all have a blessed Samhain and that you commune with your ancestors in a wonderful way Welcome, dear listeners, to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast, Season 4. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We can hardly believe it, but it has been four magical years since we embarked on this enchanting journey with you all. 
We're filled with gratitude for your continuous support and positive energy. Your enthusiasm has fueled our mystical endeavors, and it has been a wonderful journey. Be sure to join us for more adventures with our Patreon, where you can directly support Three Witches and a Druid. Your contributions will help us to continue to create high-quality content, bring in fascinating guests, and explore even more magical topics. To our current Patreon supporters, we send out a heartfelt thank you. Your faith in our mission is truly appreciated. And today, we shout out Sierra, Star, Gary, Sybil, Catherine, Nicole, Tomlin, Samantha, Chris, Eric, Karen, Highland Horde, Danny, Sarah, Kay, Linda, and Jennifer. And to those who are considering joining our Patreon family, we invite you to take that next step and become a part of our mystical circle. By subscribing to our Patreon, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus episodes, behind-the-scene content, and a closer connection with us in our magical community. It's more than just support. It's a way to deepen your own spiritual journey and enhance your magical practice. So whether you've been with us from the very beginning or you're just joining us in this magical realm, we welcome you to our Patreon and look forward to sharing more mystical experiences together. As we celebrate these four enchanting years and take this exciting next step into the future, we say thank you, dear listeners. Your presence has truly made this podcast a sacred space for learning, growing, and connecting with the universe. And we thank you for being a part of this enchanting community. And until next time, everybody, merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. Blessed be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.